Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Komen, sitting in the safe house with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, what's going on with you? Oh, not too much. I'm, I'm feeling slightly agitated today. I'm not sure why. I've, I've been keeping a, a cool this whole time, this whole past, whatever, two months. But uh, somehow you today... You can't watch your porn at home? Is that what's going well, on? Well, no, it's not that. No, it, that's all the same. Um, oh, with the wife and kids there, you could still do that? It's fine. Whatever I was doing is, 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 is fine. That's not the issue. Um, uh, what's, what's happening with you? I don't know. It's just... Uh, I don't know. Just one of those days, maybe, you know, like you, uh, I don't know. How have you been? Okay. Well, you know, what that tells me, Renee, if you don't know, I, I see a, a very embarrassing news conference in your future then. Okay. <laughs> Another one? See. Yeah. One of many to come for you. Okay. That's what I see. I mean, if, if you're agitated, you don't know, and then something's going on. Yes. Something's definitely yes. going on. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, I understand it, it, the sign of the times lead to people getting frustrated. You can look at our city, you can look at our nation, you can look at the world. Uh, um, people want to get out. They, they need to get out. They want to defy order, which I'm all for in many ways, but not in the way the world is today. I, I, I think going out right now, I live, you know, I live by the fairgrounds where Jazz Fest is mm-hmm. usually held. I live by City Park. And in the past 48 to 72 hours, I've never seen so many people in groups, in packs, either on their bicycles or just walking together with no disregard for anything that's going on in in our world today. No mask wearing. Yeah. And I I just look at them and I go, you know what? Okay, been nice knowing you. Um, Like I've said this before the past few shows, but it's getting even worse and worse as... People are getting more frustrated that they want to get out and stuff. And I understand. I understand. Right. The weather's been beautiful. So, yeah. The uh, weather's know, been beautiful. And, uh, to, they, they know it won't last. That's the thing. When you have weather like this in New Orleans, you, you know you have to go soak it up because it may end tomorrow. It may be, you know, it's four months before you see that kind of nice day again. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so it, it's 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 still crazy going nuts out there, and and, and I understand that. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of other things to deal with in your, in your in your life. You know, I'm dealing with my high school girl, who's who's you know basically I don't know if she's ever going to go back to school for at least another year or not. She's going to be at home. Yeah. And she was planning on being a counselor at her summer camp this summer, and I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And I'm not going outside anytime soon because, you know, I avoid anyone as, as much as possible any, doing anything. But, right. but the one thing that, uh, that's kind of freaking, not freaking me out, but it's in the news now is like the shortages of food. All of mm-hmm. a sudden, you remember how when this all started, it was like paper products, toilet paper, right. paper towels. Now, uh, the, the, the meat counter and, and, and the poultry, we're all short of food now. Well, I keep hearing that uh, that rumor, but I've yet to see any evidence of it. Really? Well, I, I've seen a little bit. I've seen the, the cases a little lighter than usual. Well, we're downstream, man. It's like the people yeah. that manufacture that stuff, you know, uh, you know. They're seeing it now, yes. They're, they're they're see- they can't it. figure it out, you know. They, they right. can't figure it out. 
Yeah. And so but, we're I mean, way downstream of that. You know, I mean, listen, that gallon of milk you just bought, <laughs> that's been around a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, know, it's I not just, like somebody milked a cow this morning and brought it to the right. store. I mean. Yeah, no, no, I get that. I get that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I also understand that, um, that uh, the way I look at it is like, okay, well, is it going to come to uh, Soylent Green? Are we going to be yep. eating Soylent Green soon? Is that what it's going to come down to? Yeah, well, you know, when, when all this was starting off, I actually the, the thing flashed through my mind, sort of like a throwback to that movie, The Road. I guess it was based on a book. And I was thinking, uh, uh, how long does this have to be going on before if I get to catch you on the, if I catch you on the road, I get to fuck you and eat you? But, <laughs> but, but it, this, this one doesn't seem to be going down like that because, uh, you know, I don't know, everybody's I, afraid of contact. So it's, that, I think the that, stage, I think the stage we're at right now is like we're all in a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. We're in a marriage, like we're joined at the hip with society, like a marriage. You didn't, you know, and the thing is, is that somebody took a left turn and it's late and it's dark and we're going down this tunnel. And we're at that place now where, like, are you sure that you, you know what I mean? Like, are you sure that was the right? And you're like, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was. I mean, you, I mean, are yeah. you sure there's going to be some light eventually at the? Is there a ton? I mean, is there? A, should we turn around? I mean, <laughs> right. oh no, 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 no. They're going to get a vaccine, man. Well, I heard is I can't be driving through this dark tunnel for four years <laughs> right. you, you know what i mean it's like it's like now you're getting mad at the person next to you like whose well, idea yeah, was it to take the left i don't know i didn't even yeah. want to rent the car right. there's, the pilot, <laughs> there's the pilot and then there's the navigator next to the pilot and like uh, you know like any kind of road trip you take the navigator always gets blamed because he or she is holding the map you know you said take a left. You said take a left. I took a left. No, no, own. no, no. You said take a left. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 are you sure? I mean, how sure can you be? You know, in those situations, you know. Yes, yes. We're all, we're all just, uh, just uh, what grasping in the dark. You know, we're bluffing. We a, we're bluffing, we're and the kids, bluffing, yes. and, and the kids, they're not buying it anymore. They can tell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they can yeah. tell. Like this guy doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, we have our mayor here in New Orleans uh, is, is, uh, has a great idea that she's going to track everybody that goes into every store and, and uh, you know, is going to develop a, a, a log of, of people going in. It's us, the grocery store, and, and uh, say, well, how is this all going to work? Who's going to do all this? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. It's like, I don't think that's going to well, I, I, yesterday I wanted to get a Mother's Day card, and so I was I was in the car, and my wife said, "Hey, can you pick up a Mother's Day card?" I said, "I, I don't know, you know, that, that sounds complicated." <laughs> and and she said, "Well, can you go by Cliff's uh, Variety Store and just see if it's open?" And I said, "Okay, I can do that." So I drove by. I couldn't really tell if it was open because there's two stores. There's the store, and then there's the annex, and the annex had like brown like butcher paper all over the windows. So I got, I double parked the car on Castro Street. It's kind of a busy street. And there was a guy there and he was talking to, and, and he, there were two people. They were standing, uh, facing each other, but it, it didn't look like they were talking. And I said, excuse me, sir, but can I get a Mother's Day card here? And he said, I'm sorry, sir. We were having a conversation. You just interrupted us. But but the thing is, they had masks on, right, so I couldn't see. Tell. I couldn't really see their. I didn't see anybody's lips moving or anything. 
right? just looked like they were mannequins that have to be pointed towards each other, you know? Yes. And then, yes. I, and, and then finally, I said, okay, all right. So I just chilled out, you know, and the guy finished. He said, now, can I help you, sir? I said, yeah, I, I just want to know if I can get a Mother's Day card. And he, he said, yeah, you can get a Mother's Day card. I said, but I noticed that the store is boarded up. This, you know, No, you can get a Mother's Day card. And then the guy, he, he, he wanted to get into it with me a little bit. He goes, <laughs> he said, uh, is that your car? Because the car was double parked right there, right in front, you know, on a busy street. I just wanted to jump out. I had to get an answer. The wife wanted to know, you know. She wanted to, I need to be a definitive answer. And I said, I said, no, that's not my car. I don't know who that belongs to. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Renee, let's, let's introduce our guest. We should, because he, he's yeah. taken over the podcast already. Yeah, he's taken so it over. Let's, so let's introduce him now before it's yeah, too late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a fella I've known for a good long time. I, I first met him when he was out on the road with his band Green on Red back in the, uh, the early 80s, early mid 80s. Um, uh, so he's, he, he was in that band for a long time. He's a guitar player, singer, songwriter. Uh, he's, he's since uh, had a really long solo career and put out, I don't know, 13. He's got his 14th or so record coming out as a solo artist. So uh, without further ado, Welcome, Mr. Chuck Prophet. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you, guys. Great to be here. Thanks for including yeah. me. Man, oh, yeah. Know, well, so such a thrill to have you. You know, we, we up until um, two months ago, we would have to wait till you came through New Orleans supporting your record, you know, but you often don't make it through New Orleans because we, we could only do the podcast in person. I but, see. Uh, since this, we, you know, since all this has happened, we have to do them even separately, even when the person's in New Orleans. So now it doesn't matter whether you're in San Francisco or, or uh, Gentilly. You know? So great to, to be able to open it up to, uh, to the nation at large, the world. So, so Chuck, let me ask you, um, this whole thing about essential businesses opening, what's your take on that? Because the people here, the people all over the country want to open the gun-toting freaks want to open and i my idea is my my feeling is you know you're all making 600 bucks a week unemployment why don't you just stay at home uh yeah i mean i i think we got to err on the safe side i mean we I should we should be looking to people that um i mean we should be looking to other countries and you know as long i mean what's going on in texas i mean they opened up uh are people dying i mean i I don't really have an opinion on that stuff. I'm not. I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a scientist. I don't. Right. <laughs> a Christian scientist, I thought. No. But my whole. I'm getting to a point where it's like you know um, the essential businesses that have been open here in New Orleans, like grocery stores, uh, uh, pharmacies, liquor stores, and I noticed in the last week, Renee, is mm -hmm. that um, this is hilarious. It's really funny. Is I went to. Um, the local grocery store, just down the block from me, a little grocery store. And no matter how essential these businesses are, the, the, not, the education of the employees are still the same that they were just four months ago. Yeah. Stu stupid, stupid people. <laughs> I went, my wife was making something for me for dinner and it, and it called for a jalapeno, which we didn't have. So I went over to the local grocery store a few blocks away to get a jalapeno. And I, and I went to the register and the girl said, that's 40 cents. So I gave her a $1 bill, and she says, well, how much should I give you back? <laughs> okay, well. And I said, 
Uh, you tell me, you're the cashier, maybe 60 cents? And she goes, yes, 60 cents. Yes, I'll give you back 60 cents. Okay. And then the very next day, I went to uh, my favorite liquor store, uh, the the, the wine cellar uh, over there by St. Charles, and I thought, okay, it's the second weekend of Jazz Fest, which isn't existing, but I'll pretend it is existing. So I got like four or five bottles of my favorite liquors. Okay. And I walk up to the cashier, and I have there's five bottles actually, and he rings them all up, and he says, "Would you like a bag?" And I said, yeah, I think I might want a bag because I don't have four fucking arms to carry all this shit, asshole. I thought you were just going to drink it right there. Yeah, well, yeah. There are five bottles there. Would you like a bag? And I'm like, well, I have a mask on. I have gloves on. I just paid for this shit. Yeah, maybe a bag would be good, you stupid, stupid person. Uh, You uh, know? Everybody's distracted these days, man. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. It just doesn't, this is hilarious. Right, 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 right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah can you imagine them keeping the logs on uh, on, on all the customers and uh, right. a survey of Give where people break. are coming from, uh, getting all their information? So, Chuck, when all this came down, this was, uh, you were in Austin. Yeah. And, and you're you're playing a couple of dates at the Continental Club, and I know you had other Texas dates right around then. You were supposed to come back to Austin. Well, we were all about to go meet you there. I was actually going to, we were going to be there on Thursday and Friday. And so you played your final gig that Saturday night, which is the same night I played my last one. And I, I well, I played, we went ahead and played Sunday out in the hill country. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. Let me see. It was the 13th, 14th, 15th. Right. Was that the run? 14th was the Saturday night. Yeah. 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 We went ahead and played the 15th. And then the next morning, it you know it became pretty obvious that right. the city fathers decided to shut the town down you know for good reason yes yeah 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 that was the last gig at the continental club it went dark the, the next night and that's had you know it stayed dark. yeah i mean that saturday night at the continental you know we were doing a encore at two in the morning and and everybody was clapping their hands and stomping their feet and you know, and I, I just kind of leaned over to the front row and there was sweat dripping off me. And I just gave like a high five to everybody in the front row. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the next day I saw that on Facebook and I was like, you're such a idiot. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and then, and then I, I, I had a kind of sleepless night. I said, that's going to be a meme. Uh, like I'm gonna die, and then it'll be like, don't be like this dumbass, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be like a loop, you know. Right, right. You're caught uh, up in the moment. You're caught up in the the emotion of it all. Yeah, yeah. And and it was interesting that Saturday night. Like, what was interesting was that people didn't leave. Yeah. We were in the Continental at three in the morning. People just didn't seem to want to leave. And 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 my friend Charlie Sexton who had played with us. He noticed something that there was a growing contingent of shamers. Oh, okay. There was a, there was some conversations that, that that sort of bordered on like, you know, you guys shouldn't really be playing. Oh, brother. And we were like, yeah, but you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm not like you guys, you know. And so yes. it was It was kind of starting. Like, do you guys really think it's smart for you to play tonight? Right, 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 and, right. And now I was you like, have to be the responsible one, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're here. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, we're all figuring this out moment to moment. We're all, uh, you know, making our next move based on the information we have at hand. Yeah, well, the information was that I couldn't leave that money on the table, man. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well how much information do you need? <laughs> hey, man, those people wanted to be there. It really felt all different between that Saturday night and the Sunday morning. The, the next day, it really felt like a sea change, you know. For yeah, yeah, reality, reality hit home. You know, people have a hard time. I mean, even now, when I look at a, a image of Times Square, you know, uh, completely uh like a movie set you know i even now it's like whoa is that happening right right you know or or other countries you know so yeah yes. i mean i just think it took us a long time to get our heads around right i was in i was in um mexico city in night in 2008 making a record and i brought a bunch of people from san francisco down there and i printed up these ious and i was like okay we're all gonna make this record and then when it makes money everybody's gonna make money and i didn't even know everybody that i took down there that well i mean the drummer boom um boom carter um you know i i didn't hardly know that guy at all i just knew that he played a mean shuffle you know and and we got down there within three days we were uh you know in the midst of the swine flu outbreak and it was oh, okay. it was serious, man. I mean, uh, CNN was round the clock, you know, doomsday predictions, and and there was, you know, there was talk that we might be quarantined and we may not even be able to get back into the states. Were you in Mexico City? Yeah, Mexico City. Okay. And and you know that was one thing. Like there were, you know, immediately there were tanks going down the street. Down, down the boulevards, and they were throwing boxes of masks, you know, those blue masks. Like like the Americans, we didn't even get into the whole mask thing for a while. Right. It's, it's kind yes. of odd. And I remember when I was in Mexico City, and they shut down all public events, and they shut down all restaurants. Of course, we would just walk down the street, we'd knock on a door, and somebody would open in a crack. Come on in. You like tamales? Like, yeah, we like tamales. Come on in, you know. So, yeah, I mean, impossible to police something like that, but... Right. But they took it seriously, and I remember thinking, I swear, I remember thinking, like, oh, this would never happen in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Because in Beverly Hills, people would be like, oh, that's not really our problem. Uh-huh. That's for those other people, you know, east of La Cienega. <laughs> yeah, well, they're yeah. especially not going to feed you in Beverly Hills, I tell you that, if you knock on yeah. their door, they're not going to yeah. feed you. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was very strange. They'll but feed I'd... you to the poor is what they'll do. Yeah. But but I'd been through something like that, you know, and and uh -huh. uh, and, and I saw how they kind of improvised. But they really did um, uh, spring to action in a much more impressive way than than we did here. You know, we were just so there was just so much chaos and misinformation. Well, there there was no leadership, you know. I mean, yes, yes I mean, exactly. I I immediately like. On that Sunday or that Monday, I immediately watched. Uh, I had the Monday off, and I was totally fried. And I watched the Ken Burns Dust Bowl, um, you know, mm -hmm. documentary. And it was like right. I started learning about FDR and all the programs that they created. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you need leadership." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that that's the key to this thing. And right, so, right. so I don't think much has changed, you know. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. Well, you know, so you were talking about uh, L.A. Uh, landmarks there. So, Chuck, you you grew up in L.A. To to what point did you did you move to San Francisco? Because I think you, you, Manny, we're all the exact same age. So I'm thinking that you and Manny probably had a lot of shared experiences in your your teenage years there in uh, in in 
Southern California. Well, are you from LA? I'm from Orange County. I, I was born in Whittier, and I grew up okay. in a town called La Habra, which is right there on the edge of the Orange Curtain. Right. Yes, you, the e- famous East Orange LA. Curtain. Yeah. yeah. Well, I grew up in uh, Mar Vista, Venice Beach area. That's where I grew up. Okay. But then, okay. Dogtown. Yeah, and then uh, when I turned 18, my dad said, pay me rent or pay someone else rent. So I paid someone else rent. I got out of there. And where'd you go uh, from I, there? I went to, um, actually, I went all over the place. I was, um, I was in, uh, uh, let's see, let's see. I started off um, over there by uh, Melrose and uh, Doheny because a buddy of mine from high school, his dad owned some property, and for some reason there was, there was this two-bedroom apartment above this art gallery, and I lived there for years. That was in the early 80s. And then from there, I went to um, fucking East Hollywood, Los Feliz, you know, Echo Park. And uh, <laughs> that's where I met, that's where I met um, guys like uh, Flea from the Chili Peppers and Bob Forrest. Oh, yeah. Anthony and all those guys. I started hanging around those circles. And... Um, and then we all ended up on Alvarado Boulevard. Of yeah. course, and yeah. No, I, I know my way around Alvarado Boulevard. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you something about Alvarado Boulevard. When, when Green on Red um, brought Jim Dickinson out from Memphis to produce us, you know, we were, we were on a major label, uh, in a British label called Phonogram, and, you know, you could do these things. And we just made a phone call. We said, yeah, we want this guy to fly out. They said, yeah, 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 no problem. So Dickinson flew out and... Um, I remember we picked him up in this rented station wagon that we had, and uh, and he said something that he that he wanted to get some. You know, he was real low key about it. He said, "I don't know if it's possible, but I'd like to get some weed while I'm here." And and everybody's like, "Yeah, no problem, no problem." You know, and so we drove down to Alvarado and um, Alvarado Boulevard, and uh, we stopped and uh, the the you know rolled down the window. Somebody came up to the car, and uh, we gave him some money, and the guy ran away. And Dickinson, I could see Dickinson, you know, he's just looking, looking around and, you know, he didn't know what quite was going on. And I said, Jim, you got to roll down your window. Jim, roll down your window. And, and so he rolled down his window. And that's when this basket came and it was just floating there. And what, what they did was they used to have a fishing pole and they would like lower a basket down to your car from the roof, you know. And, and Dickinson grabbed his bag of weed and he didn't say anything. And... Um, he didn't say anything, you know, and then we went and we were staying at the Tropicana and we were all eating at Duke's and, and later, you know, a couple of days later, he confided in me, he said, uh, yeah, I don't know how these sessions are going, but I got to tell you that, uh, that, uh, detour we took to get that weed. I was, I was very, very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you so know, you were meant, go ahead. No, the only the, the one thing I want to get back, you know, there's always that Pioneer Chicken stand on Alvarado Boulevard. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I cruised down that boulevard, I don't know how many thousands of times, but I never once went in to get some chicken. Yeah. Oh, no. I've got places like that. I've lived in the same neighborhood for 30 years. There's a Popeye's chicken. Renee knows it. Yeah. Yes. He gets, yeah. Some, Renee goes there. He gets homesick when he's in town. I've never been in, I mean, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> Yeah, there's a place on my block, a Mexican place I've never been in. I'd just rather go two blocks down, you know. Right, you want to go where you want to go, yeah. But uh, there was always guys I needed to see in front of the uh, uh, the chicken stand, but I just never went in, you know. Sure, 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 yeah. More of a landmark than anything. Right. Um, well, so you were actually starting to mention Dogtown uh, 
there, uh, Chuck. So, but didn't you grow up with around those like Tony Alva and, and a bunch of those uh, those early first generation skate guys? Well, I grew up from. I was kind of in that generation. I was in Orange County, you know, and I run into those guys later. But no, I mean, okay. I, I was, uh, you know, I was definitely like a Huntington Beach, uh, Newport Beach kid, and that's. Um, you know, I was a surfer kid and um, certainly the first wave of skateboarding. I mean, by the time there were parks and by the time there were skate parks and things and like you would see little kids getting dropped off by their parents, we're like, fuck this, you know. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but so um, there was some good local bands back then, though, I mean, that were sprouting out during like the late 70s, early 80s. From Huntington Beach and, and and the Orange Curtain. Well, we had the Cuckoo's Nest and the band. The, one of the first bands I, that I knew were, were the Adolescents. Yeah, they were right. from Florida, and I used to surf with Casey. He was kind of a hippie, you know. He was like into uh, health food and stuff, you know. But uh, he, you know, he he became a punk rocker pretty fast. And I think I'm trying to think of who else was. My sister used to run around with this crowd. Um, Rusty Anderson was a guitar player and. Uh, from her crowd, and he he now plays with Paul McCartney, and oh, you know, there's yeah, there's definitely like an Orange County. I hate that crowd. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know what I'm saying, and uh, yeah, there was definitely look where I grew up, and there was music everywhere. That's for sure. And I I always tell people it was the kind of place where if you shook a tree, five guitar players would fall out. But there, yeah. but everybody played guitar, and it was very, you know, very much in the air. I'll never forget, though, it was like 1982, and I was out with my girlfriend and her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend, and for some reason, the guys got in a fight with the girls, so we left the girls, and we went down close to like Signal Hill. Remember Signal Hill? I guess so, where the oil, some of those oil refinery things are up there. Right, and that's where like, well, for me personally, that's where the first time you heard about cops beating up, uh, you know, gang members or black people or Hispanics and stuff. But we had heard that the Dead Kennedys were playing at some club down there. And we found out it wasn't a club. It was a church that they were playing, some church. And it was like one of those gigs that was, you know, kind of word of mouth. It wasn't really advertised or anything like that. And we got there, and this guy, I barely knew this guy, uh, and he had this beautiful convertible Carmen Ghia. We drove down there, and we got there right when, I guess, after two songs were played, and the cops heard about it, so the riot started. And, of course, it's the Signal Hill Police, which are now famous for just clocking heads with billy clubs and stuff like that. Mm. And with this poor guy who I drove down there with, his Garmin, Carmen Ghia got Belted. I mean, like it looked like it got hit by a semi truck from the billy clubs of the police. It was it was like scary, but yet hilarious at the same time. Well, that's kind of the difference. Between I mean, I I mean, I guess just by some dumb luck, you know, my family moved up to Northern California when I was sixteen because my dad got transferred, and I mean, that's kind of what distinguishes San Francisco because most of the scene here came out of the Art Institute, so. Right. Although, you know, the thing about bands like Crime or, you know, uh, The Avengers or, you know, Tuxedo Moon or whatever, you know, being able to play really was not important, you know. So 
so whereas the bands in the East Bay, they came out of the music schools like Berkeley High, and often you would have like horn players in the band or whatever, you know, ska right, bands right. or whatever. Higher level of sophistication. Yeah, they, I mean, they were, you know, not, they certainly didn't have better flyers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the kids out of the Art Institute, you know, like that band Crime, who are still, like, I see them everywhere now, even though I couldn't name one Crime song. I don't even know if yeah. they had any songs, you know. But they had a look, man. You know, they dressed as cops, and 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 so okay. you know, San Francisco was a lot different from L.A. in that respect. And you know, sadly, L.A. was kind of overrun with the Huntington Beach. You know, like you know, hardcore sucked. You know, it was like where's right, the, right. where's yes, the chicks? Yes. Like where's the, the chicks? Now. Yeah, you, you've read both of those John Doe books, huh, huh uh, Chuck? Or if yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty entertaining, you know, from chapter to chapter. It, you know, talks about a lot of that. It's, it's all uh, just, you know, you guys were there, certainly Manny and, and you for, for a lot of it. But, you know, uh, Manny, Chuck, we usually take a little break right in the middle of the, of the uh, podcast to get another drink. Would be, that be a good time to do this, Manny? Sure. So what do we need to do? Do we do anything? So, to... No, let's just let this run, and Manny and I will go get a quick drink, and Chuck, get a cup of coffee and let's all jump back on here and we'll restart. Okay. 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 Be okay. right back. And we're back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman back with our guest, what? Mr. Chuck profit. What's so funny, Renee? Uh, Cause I'm hearing, I'm hearing my own voice kind of echoing back. It sounds very uh, Mexican radio. It's, it's like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday is kind of how it sounds to me. Well, so. yes, we're back and we're, we're glad we're back. And of course, now that we're into our, you know, our hundredth show and, and going on to our two hundredth and three hundredth or whatever, we want to welcome back our, our one of our sponsors. Yes, we have a sponsor. that we that we just picked up just in the last week or so. It's it's Velo Bar, V E L O Bar, and it's a it's a CBD um, uh, protein bar, mm-hmm. which. Um, I have eaten and I've loved them and they're really good. They're healthy protein bars that fill you up and calm you down. Right. And that's, that's what I like about part. it the most. Yes. yes. The best part is it calms you down, especially in these stressful times that we're living. And yes. who doesn't need who doesn't need relief right now? I it's do. A, yeah, well, yeah, I know. Uh, it's a plant-based protein from superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, chia seeds. It's 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 a basically a, a breakfast bar, a relief bar. You could you can you can eat it anytime you want. And right now, if you if you go to their website, which is velobarcbd.com, and order some bars, the Troubled Nation will get fifteen percent off hmm. their order if they use the promo code TroubledMen15. TroubledMen15 will get you fifteen percent off your order, and shipping is always free. I love so that. Get part. out there, nation. And, and check it out. I mean, these bars are good, man. And in fact, yes. the guy who discovered it is an old friend of mine from high school. Okay. And I just think it's hilarious that he, he's done this after all these years because this guy used to take LSD like eating jelly beans. Right. He thought right. he'd be in jail at this point. <laughs> right. He, <laughs> exactly. So it's a, it's a great tasting bar. So Nation, okay. check it out. Like I said, just go back to um, Velo Bar cbd.com to make your order you get 15 percent off if you use the troubled men one five promo code free shipping check it out you'll love it and um i love them i think i think they're great 
I'd really there you do. go. Well, I'd love to to welcome a new sponsor to the to the Troubled yeah. Nation uh, as always. And and uh, listeners, you know, if uh, if you want to support the Troubled Men podcast, you can uh, jump on that uh, PayPal.me slash Troubled Men podcast and and uh, contribute to the cocktail fund. You know, buy Manny a cocktail and uh, yes. you know, buy yourself one while you're at it. Right. So, so Chuck, getting back to you, you know, you're a guy that does not let grass grow under his feet. You know, if you, you look at, at, at your credits, you know, you have almost 500 credits on, on uh, you know, the, the websites that keep track of these kind of things. You know, your own records, records of other people that you've played with. Um, and, and, you know, to, to keep that, that trend up, you had a, a, a record in the can that you were just beginning to release uh, as all this rigmarole started up, huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, you know, I mean, we're still kind of putting singles out, however, however they do that now online and the streaming sites. And, uh, you know, right, I saw you who's had, to say? Sure. Well, uh, the what I've heard so far, the song "Marathon" was one that you 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 let out, uh, you know, kind of in preparation for this, and then then you had uh, um, uh, "Nixon Land" was just came out the other day, and and uh, "Get Off the Stage" maybe was the first one I saw. You have some very cool videos for these that people are doing, man. It's you know that that just has to be labors of love on those people's part. I can tell that they're very labor intensive, but these are people that are self-motivated they want to be involved with you they want to be a part of it well i don't know i have a, some kind of gift for getting people to say yes i guess you know <laughs> <laughs> like a pimp right yes. like a pimp yes, it's maybe a talent. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe um yeah it's no yeah i mean it's fun i mean it's an opportunity to do stuff that's fun i mean if i can look if i can get up any day of the week and do something i'm interested in um, or I'm involved in something that keeps me interested, then, you know, that's, that's a gift, you know, that's, that's really what's left and, and playing on other people's records and stuff. It's also kind of a social life. I mean, I wish we could play more Renee. I know, I know. And you know, so much of it is proximity in the music business. You know, it's like a lot of times people are on records because they live in the neighborhood. You know? Yeah, sure. And, uh, if we live across country from each other, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, less conducive and there's a lot to be said for that and you know and you and i we we uh you know we when we met we were out there doing the hand-to-hand combat and we and, and the last time we saw each other it was no different really i mean we were loading into a gig you know we were doing yeah. the hand-to-hand combat in, in kansas city so yeah, yeah i mean i still like getting in the econ line in fact the other day uh you know stephanie said why don't you go check on the van i haven't checked on it you might want to move it you know and and I went out there, and then I kind of, I took the club off, and I was sitting there. <laughs> the club? Yeah, and I, you know, I kind of turned on the radio, and I, I just. <laughs> Contemplated driving around the block a few times. Yeah, and I just kind of leaned the seat back, and, uh, and, then, and then I climbed in the, and there was something on the radio. Then I climbed in the back bench, and I just kind of laid down. <laughs> and. Um, you're, and you're I, roll, gonna, rolling uh, green room. You're moving, I, movable green room. I yeah. just, I, I started crying. I did. Oh, because we just we had months and months of gigs that were set up, and they just yeah. they all just went away, you know. And right, and then I went I back, and I was sitting in the front, and somebody came, and they rolled up, and 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 um, they rolled down the window, and they kind of I said, "Excuse me," and I rolled down the window, and they said, "Yeah, are you leaving?" I said, <laughs> "I said no, no, I'm actually on a stakeout." 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I got happy because I hadn't used that line in so long, you know. Right, yeah, you just had that in your back pocket ready to whip it out. <laughs> I got so happy. Every, every once in a while, you're just, <laughs> you know. Timing is everything, Chuck. Yeah. So, Chuck, let me ask you. So you moved to San Francisco when you were a late teenager. What year was that? Uh, my family moved here in, I believe it was 79. I, I, I was okay. 16. Okay, so... I think a few shows ago, I, I talked about watching this great documentary, and so you were around for Shut Up Little Man, right? Absolutely. That's the, the, Those guys were just a couple blocks from my house. Oh, really? I know that building, that, that Pepto-Bismol pink-looking yeah, hideous exactly. building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I knew that crowd. I, I didn't know that crowd, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, I know those guys. <laughs> you know, but you were uh, you you did you get the tapes and trade tapes and stuff like that? Like no, I had the I, yeah, I definitely had it. I I I thought it was really great, but um, uh, I should mention that the thing about that film that's cool is that it captures uh, San Francisco in the nineties. Yeah, you know, yeah, where like you know a sixteen ounce coke and some Jiffy Pop would was dinner. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and you and you kind of had a job, and you kind of didn't have a job, and it seemed to work out. I mean, uh, yeah, you could do that in San Francisco at that time. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, you know, and so, but you know, when my family moved here in like '79, we lived in the East Bay in the suburbs, and I immediately, you know, picked up on. Um, I was definitely into punk rock, and I used to tune into Calyx, uh, and uh, on Tuesday nights they had a show called the Maximum Rock and Roll Show, and they and there weren't even that many punk rock records, so they would spend. It was kind of a beacon. They would play some punk rock records, and then they'd inject some progressive politics, and they might play something by the Kinks or some rockabilly. And I used to tape the show, and it was there that I heard about like all the live gigs that were going on. So I did see, you know. Uh, the Dead Kennedys early on at the Mabuhay, and I used to go to a place called the nice. Temple Beautiful, which was this kind of bombed out synagogue, and I saw like the Mentors and Wall of Voodoo. I saw Wall of Voodoo like <laughs> before they had a record out, you know? Oh, okay. They were just this, they were this band, he comes out, he's got a long coat on like Jimmy Cagney, and the guy's playing like a Fender Jaguar with a reverb tank, and they got, they got it like Grandma's home organ, just like, dook, 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 dook. <laughs> and then every once in a while, a guy would just hit a trash can lid, like, and uh, and it was radio, radio. You know, I don't know what uh, they did, but it was like it was like nothing I'd ever seen, you know. And so that was very kind of that was like the peak of San Francisco for me, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, where everybody was, uh, you know expressing themselves and 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 there was that kind of art damage and the girls were all wearing thrift you know vintage clothes and and right. everybody everybody was really you know uh waving their own freak flag you know and you would see five bands and they were all completely different right? and then after every show you'd go to the mitchell brothers right i didn't go to the mitchell brothers i've been by <laughs> there many times I've, it's like i told my wife you know they they consider the mitchell brothers the carnegie hall of all strip clubs uh, Hunter S. Thompson, who was the night manager, he coined that. Uh, mm. But I, I don't think I've ever been in there. I, I mean, I can't be sure, but I'm pretty sure I've never been in there. Well, I've been in there a few times. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I could tell you some stories. Uh, if you want to hear one, I'll tell you one. But uh, it could, it, we can move on to something else. Well, uh, but, well, you know, Chuck, you just mentioned the the going to that club, uh, 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 Temple Beautiful. 
and so you you your record before this one, um, you you wrote a whole record with that that San Francisco song cycle uh, around around that and by that title, and then so that was a, a very well received record. But then it went on from there where where you uh, there's a documentary that came out about the the uh, performance with a whole string uh, group. Yeah, well, we along. we had an octet arranged. I can talk this way, Renee, because I know you can follow me. Okay, yeah. yeah but yeah, we yeah. had an octet, you know, and it was uh, the arrangements were by Brad Jones. He conducted. We hired an octet, and we did a show at the Great American Music Hall um, where we um, just kind of reimagined the songs, you know, uh, more orchestral, mm-hmm. and it was cool. And we and we filmed it, and it was one of those kind of one night only things. And, you know, we had one chance to get it right. And so we made this film and, and we were going to release it. And I don't remember what happened. I've been putting out too many records, so it got shelved. But when this when this uh, pandemic came down, um, I decided to put it up on YouTube for free. So I encourage people to check that out. It's called Strings in the Temple and it's on YouTube. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's like an hour and a half movie with a little bit of behind the scenes. It's very uh, cool. Yeah. But but that but there was a, a recording made of is it a, a larger orchestral group doing a, an adaptation of that record that that you just went into the charts with right? Uh, well, what recently? happened was when when we released the YouTube. Um, I mean, this gets in the weeds a little bit, but I don't know what people are interested in. I mean, when we when we put it on YouTube, we also made the just soundtrack. Just make it pithy. Just keep it pithy. Okay, when we when we put it on YouTube, we also released the soundtrack audio itself as a okay. record and we made it available on Bandcamp because Bandcamp reached out to people and said hey we're waiving our fees you know so we said right. oh what the heck we'll, what the heck we'll put it up there you know and the next week the label um, I mean we threw it together and and uh, the next week the label got a call from somebody at Billboard magazine and they wanted to know all the niceties like the catalog numbers and the copyrights and, and they said why and they said well we just want to let you know that it's going to chart uh, in the oh, next issue nice. of Billboard. And uh, one of the interns there, when they submitted it, they checked a bunch of different boxes, like alternative rock, rock, country, uh, uh-huh. uh, classical. And so what happened was it, it ended up being uh, number nine on the classical charts. Nice, Chuck. Congratulations. So I think that's pretty great. I think, <laughs> that's, fucking I think that's I think that's better than Metal Machine Music did. Well, okay, that's very possible. <laughs> No, that's 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 terrific, man. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and so so looking on your website, I saw that you have July dates booked. Now, are you, how confident are you in those uh, those bookings, John? Well, I'm I mean, trying to make plans myself. I mean, I'm hoping that it's gonna. Ha- I'm hoping that the heat's gonna make a difference. I, I really don't know. I mean, I just told everybody early on that you know you can work me like a rented mule, man. I'm ready to go out and play. And if, if people are willing to do it and people think it's safe, um, I'm willing to do it. So we'll have to see, you know, I mean, I'm hoping for the best. Sure. So are you doing like a lot of art uh, musicians are doing, they're doing these like, uh, streaming for shows from their house or their porch. Are you doing any of that? No, I'm, I'm just trying to stick with stuff that I'm good at. Okay. You know, okay. Because I notice a lot of people are doing that. I see it on the, on the Facebook and all that. And even even the networks a couple of weeks ago, they did this uh, one world thing where all these musicians and it were doing shows from their house or whatever. 
you know, and I, I just found it a little funny that like I saw Elton John was doing a song from his backyard. And if I was his neighbor, I would have probably been saying, shut the fuck up, man. Can you keep it down? You know, you know, and, and, and then I, I've seen a, a bunch of other people like local artists here doing it. And the problem I have with it is, is, is the quality of sound is so bad. It really is bad. And, and I feel for them and they, they're trying to make money and stuff like that. But it, it just must be rough because, because, well, um, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I, I actually did uh, a fourth one today, this uh, uh-huh. earlier, um, but the, so far I did one with uh, Susan Cowsell, I did two with the Iguanas, and you know, the, the quality is pretty varying uh, across you know, all of the, the ones produced, but if a band can play at a, a reasonable volume and sound good balanced, it can come out pretty good. And I, I have to say, uh, you know, getting to play with the band was such a thrill. And it's, you know, talk about something that would make me agitated is, you know, Chuck, like, you know, how, how stand up comedians are. If, if, well, you know, Manny, if, 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 if you're in the thing and you don't go up every couple of days, you can't even remember if you can do it or not. And playing music is kind of one of those things, you know, it's like you have to constantly do it to remember and to be convinced that you can do it. And, you know, after a bunch of weeks off, you're fucking about to jump out of your skin or something. Well, I found, I found myself, it was kind of weird. Maybe it's just the, uh, the asshole in me or whatever. When I was listening to some of these streaming bands or whatever, I kept on wanting to say, I can't hear you louder, you know, because it was, it was very hard. Some of them were pretty difficult to deal with. Well, yeah, I, I got to tell you, there's, you know, John Waters has this, you know, John Waters is a man that has a lot of values, you know, uh, and principles, you know, and his thing is sure. he's got a rule that like, if you take, if you go home with somebody or, or, and you, you know, say somebody invites you home at night after a night in a bar or something, and you go to their pad, and they don't have any books on the shelves, he says, don't fuck them. Right, sure. Yes. You know, like, like as a rule. Solid advice. Yes, and, 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 I, and, and I, I am shocked. You know, I, I saw a country music one where everybody was in their living rooms. I am shocked by how much beige there was, and I'm shocked <laughs> that, that there was no books on the shelves and no art on the walls. I'm like, wow. I'm like, these people have all the money in the world, and it all looks like they're they're broadcasting from the same La Quinta Inn. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, it's like just such a mystique killer to see like Keith Urban there and his right, you know, his movie star wife, and there's just like a brown wall, a beige wall. It's just there's no art or anything. Like, what do you, you know? I mean, you know, can't buy taste, Chuck. I guess not. Well, there was also, I saw one where uh, some pop star, I don't know who the hell he is, my daughter would probably know, but he was doing his thing for this concert, and he was doing it from his bedroom, and his bed wasn't made. So no one listened to the song, <laughs> everyone just, you know, went, you know, said, make your fucking bed, dude, you know, or get your maid to do it, you know, that kind of stuff. So it went real viral in that way. I, I don't know who the pop star was, but uh, it was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool. There's, there's, you know, there's, look, I, I mean, 
It's been a couple months, you know. I mean, musicians are homebodies, you know. I mean, I got lots of books. I got lots of stuff to listen to. I'm playing, you know, I've been playing a lot of guitar. I don't I don't feel like, uh, you know, I'm going stir crazy or anything. I worry yeah. about the big picture, you know. I worry about the whole ecosystem. Like, that's why I was thinking about so much about the Dust Bowl. Like, yeah, but... What about our way of life? I mean, is there going to be farming after this? You know, I mean, that's right. the kind of thing that, that, that keeps me up at night, you know? Right. Right. The, the, uh, the, the long-term curve. Yeah. The, the ecosystem, you know, I'm a guy, mm-hmm. I go out there, I drive around, I play gigs. Somebody's at the merch table. Somebody's, just, you know, behind the bar right. and it's a doorman. How you doing, Chuck? Yeah. All right. You know, got, got a lot of calls, you know? Uh, yeah. should, be, should be a good night. Phone's been right. ringing or just whatever. You guys want to push it back a little bit? I don't know. You know, we're getting a lot of calls. <laughs> um, whatever. So that, that's the whole ecosystem. And, and I do right. that, that I worry about. And, 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 um, um, yeah, I, I have a lot of relationships out there because, because the places that, that we play, they're not, um, protected by this corporate umbrella that's going to protect them, you know. Sure. Uh, if yeah, you know, it's like I, on, a lot of hanging on by a thread to begin with. Well, imagine like my. I could imagine like you know, I'm just I'm two blocks from Market Street here, and I could imagine just going down Market Street. The whole street is boarded up, except for the chains, like Starbucks, you know, <laughs> Safeway, you know, and they'll be Seven Eleven, and it'll be lit up, but everything else will be boarded up, you know, because. I mean, you can't kill Starbucks, man. Right. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to be fine. And, and, and you can't kill, you know, you can't kill Golden Voice or any of, or Ticketmaster, you know. Right. But, right. but you know, you could definitely kill the On Broadway in, in St. Louis or, or Knuckleheads yeah. in Kansas City or the Continental Club in Austin. Uh, and that's not the Continental Club. Well, no, you can't. Those other places. Yeah, you can't kill the Continental, man. <laughs> you can't kill the Continental. Man. Oh, many have tried. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you understand you know what I'm saying? Because I'm just talking about like these bigger places. They have a corporate. Um, you know, they can fall back on the corporation to carry them. Yes, yes, yes. It's a larger concern. Yeah, so that's the thing that concerns me. But I'm not going stir crazy, you know, quite yet. I, I mean, hitting the big pause button has been kind of nice in some ways. Yes. Well, I'm, I've turned off all the lights in my house because the termites are swarming outside. So every oh, light yes. in the house is off. Are you getting those uptown, Renee? Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I didn't turn all the lights off because I've been focused right here on the table. But I, I did see them last night. Yeah, you know, Chuck, we, we have a terrible Formosan termite issue here. and It always uh, happens the day after Jazz Fest is supposed to end for some reason. Is, are they the ones that fly? Well, yes. yeah, they fly, but and then they're attracted they, to light, and they only need ten percent of the water that uh, a subterranean termite needs, so they can survive and eat your house out with just a, the condensation that that forms on your right. air conditioning, uh, right? You know, copper pipe. So yeah, we. We have to yeah, deal I, uh, with them along with everything. My, no, my wife just came in the room and said, "Make sure all the lights are out because they're swarming." Okay. The Germans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn yeah, why the Germans right. are coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're ready to take a shower, Manny. Chuck, you're, you're familiar with Manny's suggestion. He, he has a few innovations. One of them being that uh, 
the microwave oven works just as well with the door open as the door closed. <laughs> and, Interesting. And another, another one is uh, like if you take the whole door off, you can still make it work. Um, yeah. But uh, and also to try taking a shower with the lights off. Yeah, it can be it could be wacky, crazy, nuts. It's a lot of fun. You know where you are, you know. It's like yeah, you, you don't still really know where need you the are. lights just... to take a shower. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, just don't try shaving in the dark. That could be dangerous. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> You know, but uh, yeah, it's uh... so Renee. You know what I was thinking? You know, getting back to all this stuff with this mm. COVID and all that. Okay. Um, and now businesses are reopening and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're taking it little with, with baby steps, you know, getting people to, you know, five people at a time or, you know, 10 people at a time coming in and out and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I was thinking the phrase get in line has never been so apropos than, than what we're dealing with now. Get in line, man. You know, get in line. It's been so apropos with this coronavirus. Thing. Okay. Hashtag get in line. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag get go. in line. There you go. There you go. And then I, I, a, f- a friend of mine from LA uh, texted me and she said uh, she's, she's been on a corona vacation. Coronacation is what right. she's calling it. Yes, yes, yes. Coronacation. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard that. That's kind well, of Well, it's, it's kind of, we had the Katrinacation back in Hurricane Katrina days. So, yes. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, so, um, other than that, the only thing that, uh, I've been thinking about is how, um, I kind of, uh, I'm taking responsibility and I think we should take responsibility for killing Uganda Roberts. Well, Manny, no, it's, it's, uh, we we, got him on the show when he was on his deathbed. Well, no, in fact, in, in fact, that was one of the last things that Uganda was really excited about doing. And yeah, and it, it probably got his heart palpitating so much that he no, died after that. No, 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 no. We killed Uganda Roberts, man. It's not true. We I can't Uganda. deal with that, man. We I killed s- Uganda Roberts. No, Manny, that's not true. In fact, Uganda loved being on the podcast. He listened to the his episode. He was very excited to hear it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll I, be I, getting a call I, from his wife's lawyer I, I soon. Spoke, I'm I sure. spoke with his wife yesterday. No, I spoke oh, with yeah? his wife yesterday. Yes, she 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 she's got uh, more smart as her attorney. No, no, she's she was a uh, very you know she, she's a, a lovely woman and and uh, you know Uganda was talking to her sitting up in the chair. He didn't want to have the television on. He he was just sitting there like normal. Had gotten up, had his breakfast, made his own breakfast, ate it, was chatting with her. She said he was. Uh, bringing up uh, reminisc- reminiscences from their travels. And she said things that I'd forgotten about. And he's talking about all this. And he said, no, I just want to talk to you. And it was during the, the course of that day that, uh, you know, as she was moving around the house doing things and he was, they were having different conversations that he, he passed away. And he, it happened pretty suddenly and, and without, without incident. He was not suffering. And, and she said he was Alfred until the end. So well, that was really a blessing. He was what? what? Alfred, Alfred Uganda Roberts. He was himself oh, until yeah, the end, is. is what her point was. And I said, yeah. well, that was really. I'm, I'm so happy. She said, so was I. And I know he was. So no, that uh, that was. I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, if you want to believe that, Renee, that's fine. Well, yeah, Manny, you know, I'm, okay. I'm trying to look on the. You know, now I'm feeling yeah. better, in spite of how nervous I was earlier. We're talking about Uganda and 
you know, Chuck, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Uganda Roberts. He's, he's on the, the Mount Rushmore of New Orleans uh, R&B musicians. And, and we uh, killed him. Well, no, no, no. Um, but Chuck, are you still there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool, cool. Um, well, sp- speaking of, uh, I wanted to touch on a few other things, uh, highlights of, of, of your career here before we get off, off the, the podcast with you. So you have your, your record. Now, is, is the title of the record Land That Time Forgot, or is it Richard? Because I've heard, I've seen it, I'm getting confused. I think it's the Land That Time Forgot, yeah. Okay, all right, because you said Richard, and I was like, I don't know what that is. Okay, anyway. Um, so, so that's coming out on on August twenty first is, is the new release. That's correct. Yeah, thanks. And uh, and 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 your co writing partner uh, Kurt Lipschutz, uh, Klipschutz, as he's known, has a, a new poetry book out, right? That's also correct. Yeah. Premeditations. I love it. Yeah, me too. Right on. Well, we're, you know, wanted to wanted to acknowledge all of that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I have a new record, and like a lot of people, I'm making records, and uh, this one was recorded in upstate New York. Uh, now, what was that? That's a good good thing you bring up. Why why'd you go out there to do that? Well, I had kind of a well, I got kind of priced out of San Francisco, and I had uh, studio wise, you mean everything, just everything. You know, I just felt like I was getting nickel and dimed every step of the way, uh, and I had a session that wasn't very particularly productive. Uh, and then I was on a solo tour and I, I met this guy, Kenny Siegel that has a home, uh, with a studio on the historic registry in, uh, Catskill, New York. And so I said, Hey, I'm going to be coming through your town. I'll give you a day if you want to do something. So, um, you know, I did that. I mean, I ended up working with this producer, Kenny Siegel, and he got some local musicians and we worked at a studio in upstate called old soul. And, uh, you know, it was, it's like a five bedroom Greek revival. You know, we, He's from he was from Long Island, and I'm from California, and we fought like cats and dogs. You know, it's like everything, everything. Like you know, he picked some songs. I picked the exact opposite songs. You know, I said yeah. let's play a fast one. He said let's play a slow. I said it's it's, it's cold in here. He says I think it's hot in here. I said God damn, you know, what I mean, like we just fought about everything. But I guess I needed it. You know. Okay. I mean, um, I think people sometimes from New York are full of shit. You know, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> and but it's but I, but I learned to understand that bullshit when it's flowing it's it's great you know it's like <laughs> somebody is trying what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to come away come around to their way of thinking you know and right. so so I was like oh I can bullshit you know <laughs> Is that what we're? I'm like, is that what we're doing here? You know, I, mean, I can, I like, like I can do this. You know, sure. And um, yeah, you know, so so we got into it, but it was great. I, I think I needed it. We used it. To, we used all that energy to good advantage, and and so I went back there a couple times, and and you know, we we did some stuff here with Stephanie and the band, and and eventually, you know, um, I got every last song to behave. You know, nice, nice. You got to bear down on them sometimes. Yeah, you just don't know. You don't never know who the problem child is until you get in the trenches with them. It's like, why are you, why are you being so goddamn difficult? <laughs> <laughs> well, the record sounds terrific from all, everything you've released so far, Chuck. So it's, it's well, thanks, exciting. man. Thanks, Renee. That means a lot coming from you. And I, I mean, I hope I could see you out there somewhere. We can play some more music. And it was great seeing all you and the guys in Kansas City and. 
yes. playing that outside that outdoor show um, whenever that was last summer or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It, it's so great, man. The the rapport, you know, just to to have you come into the dressing room and hang out for an hour when you have to play, you know, your own headlining set coming right after that. It's like oh. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, all the guys, all, all your guys are so great, and we just have this easy, such easy hangs, you know. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been playing with Doug now? Uh, let's see. Um, started in 1984, so this would be 36 years. Well, you know, I think you started playing with Alex right when I started playing with Green on Red, and, and I believe, you know, and I saw a lot of those gigs. Right. That's well, another sure, thing yeah, that yeah. kind of blows my mind, you know, like just how many of those gigs that I saw with that trio. And I mean, I learned so much. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's odd to think that the first time I ever heard September girls was when Alex was playing it through that super reverb. I was like, what the hell is, what, is, you know, you know what I mean? Like all those, like all those chords, all those shapes, just like all bright and just flying around an empty room, you know, like what the, right. and, and, and look at Alex. I'm like, I'm like, this guy had a hit record in the 60s? He must be fucking 30 years old or some shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he, was, he was pretty well, close who, to Who's it, Alex? But... Oh, Alex Chilton he's talking about when oh, I was okay. out on the road oh. with, 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 with Alex oh, Chilton. Chuck I, was, I uh, we, we were playing a lot of, of dates with Chuck's band, Green on Red. Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay. And that was a great, yeah, that, that, that was just a great time and, and you know, uh, Doug was back. Uh, my favorite story about Doug is when you guys stayed at the home of the Cramps, you know, and of course they're, you, you guys went in there at two in the morning and rolled your sleeping bags out and this, in this like uh, museum of like, you know, I don't know what they had in there, like taxidermy and, you know. A lot of kitsch, a lot of kitsch. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, wax museum kind of shit, <laughs> wax museum Elvis or whatever. And, uh, and the next morning um, you guys took off and, and, uh, and Doug said, who are those guys? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> who are those people? <laughs> who are those people? They're weird. Oh, you, mean, you mean Lux and Ivy? Yeah. Well, that's, again, Doug Garrison's uh, charm, you know, is he's, he's unconcerned with, with uh, anyone's stature of, in cooldom, you know. He's, it's great. He's, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Um, Manny, we have any other uh Closing. Uh... No, I'm cool. Thank you, Chuck, for being around for us. Oh, That's Manny, great. thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me into the troubled men. You know, I I, okay. I I I thought I might fit right in. I had a good feeling about it. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you were absolutely, right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I wish we know, could give you a sticker, but we're two thousand miles away. So right? I might have. And I feel like I might have one. I, I can see I, it. I think I gave you one. I, well, you know, oh. Manny, since the COVID thing happened, nobody wants a sticker. <laughs> So, oh really? Well, they don't want you to hand them anything. Oh. I can see it in my mind's eye, like it's yellow or. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely gave you a couple. Yeah, I'm sure you have it among all of your curios. Oh, okay. Cool. There. That's yeah, cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So Chuck, you know, uh, tell Stephanie we said hello and and give our, our love to the band and uh, you know on the trouble in the trouble nation we'd like to say uh, trouble never ends but the struggle continues. Oh, beautiful guys. Beautiful. Good night. Good night, everybody. It's 
Step to the right, step to the 